all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason. You. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. From MPB Think Radio, this is Southern Remedies, Relatively Speaking, the show all about you and your family. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, developmental and behavioral pediatrician and professor emeritus at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Dreams. We all have them, but after a traumatic event, those dreams can become reoccurring nightmares. If you've experienced a traumatic event and are now struggling to sleep, you're not alone. Most trauma survivors experience sleep troubles such as insomnia, and many replay the trauma in their dreams. Are you having reoccurring nightmares? Do you wonder if there's anything you can do to stop them? Let's talk about what's going on in your life. Share your comments and experiences with us this morning by calling 1-877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking from MPB Think Radio. Live from NPR News in Washington, I'm Lakshmi Singh. President Trump says he plans to announce a nominee next week to fill the vacancy on the U.S. Supreme Court. He has invited the Republican and Democratic leaders of the Senate to the White House this afternoon to talk about the vacancy left when conservative Justice Antonin Scalia died. Trump made the announcement during a photo op as he was almost done signing a number of executive orders. Those orders include fast-tracking two controversial oil pipeline projects stalled under the Obama administration. And Pierre Samuel Keith reports Trump signed a total of five actions today. Trump said if a deal can be worked out, the orders would allow construction of the Keystone XL pipeline and the Dakota Access pipeline. Another order would require American Steel go into pipeline construction. From now on, we're going to start making pipeline in the United States. We build it in the United States. We build the pipelines. We want to build the pipe. Going to put a lot of workers, a lot of steel workers back to work. Environmental protesters successfully got the Obama administration to block the projects. But there's a new president in town. Other orders Trump signed aim to streamline the permitting process by reducing regulatory burdens for domestic manufacturing and expediting environmental reviews. Tamara Keith, NPR News, the White House. Retired neurosurgeon Ben Carson won easy approval from the Senate Banking Committee today to be Secretary of Housing and Urban Development. NPR's Pam Fessler reports Carson's nomination now goes to the full Senate. Democrats had reservations about Carson's lack of housing experience and his past criticism of government safety net programs. But Carson's testimony earlier this month eased some of those concerns, especially when he expressed support for housing aid for the poor. Ranking Democrat Sherrod Brown of Ohio said he would support the nominee. I would not have chosen him because of his lack of experience and his often troubling public statements over the last three years. But despite my reservations, my disagreements with some of his positions, I'll give Dr. Carson the benefit of the doubt. The panel approved the nomination by voice vote. Pam Fessler, NPR News, Washington. The Israeli government is moving forward with 2,500 West Bank settlement homes. The Office of Defense Minister Avigdor Lieberman issued a statement today saying that he and Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu agree on more building 
further settlement construction faces heavy U.N. resistance as an obstacle to peace with the Palestinians. But Israel faces support from a new U.S. administration. President Donald Trump has indicated that he will be more supportive of Israel's settlement construction. Italian authorities are responding to another tragic event in central Italy. A helicopter that was transporting an injured skier has crashed. Six people were on board. Rescuers have been having trouble getting to the chopper because of poor visibility in the Abruzzo region. That's also where rescuers have been working for days to find victims of an avalanche that crashed into their hotel last week. Seven people were killed. Nearly two dozen victims are still missing. This is NPR News. The massive storm system that's been walloping Southern California on has tapered off and is expected to leave the area today. But flash flood watches are still in effect for most of the region. Danielle Carson reports the rain has left a huge mess. Dozens of streets and houses are caked with mud. Residents in several communities had to evacuate because of mud and debris flows. UCLA climate scientist Daniel Swain says Southern California needs a break. Some of the bigger rivers have had their highest crests in years. Major highways shut down due to mudslides and avalanches in the higher mountains. Governor Jerry Brown has declared a state of emergency for dozens of counties. The order cuts through red tape to get federal emergency funds quickly for road and infrastructure repairs. For NPR News, I'm Danielle Carson in Los Angeles. The Oscar nominations are out. One notable difference from the last two years, seven actors of color are competing in some of the most coveted categories. They include a Best Actor nod for Denzel Washington for Fences and a Supporting Actress nomination for his co-star, Viola Davis. Moonlight, Hidden Figures, Line, and Loving have also delivered performances now in Oscar contention. Best Picture nominations go to Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, Manchester by the Sea, Moonlight, and La La Land, which at 14 has the most Oscar nominations. The Academy Award Ceremony will be hosted by Jimmy Kimmel on February 26th in Hollywood. The Dow is up 61 points. This is NPR News. Support for NPR comes from Constant Contact. With live coaching, email marketing features such as drag-and-drop editing, and social media tools, Constant Contact is committed to helping small businesses and nonprofits become marketers. More at ConstantContact.com. This is Relatively Speaking with Dr. Susan Buttress on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. And now, Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. Thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I am here with a licensed professional counselor, Karen Bonner, who is going to help us step through dreams and trauma and what they mean or do they mean anything. And and those troublesome dreams, how can you deal with them? What can you do to help? The poet Elias Canetti once said all things once has forgotten, scream for help in dreams. I thought that was a very interesting um, quote. I love it because I think often things like that are true. I do as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, thank you for joining us, Karen. Oh, my um, pleasure. It's always wonderful to have you. So I just want to sort of restate what we're talking about. Dreams, we all have them. Um, but after a traumatic event, sometimes those dreams can become reoccurring nightmares that are really troublesome and really disruptive to sleep. So listeners, if you've experienced a traumatic event and are struggling to sleep, you're not the only one. Most trauma survivors do experience some sleep troubles, such as insomnia. Many replay the trauma in their dreams. Are you having recurring nightmares? Do you wonder if there's anything you can do to stop them? So we're going to talk about that today. And also would like to talk about dreams in general. You might people hear people say that they don't dream. But the truth is, is that we all dream, right? That's correct. Yeah. It's part of the sleep cycle. And we can get into sleep cycle and and how that works in a, in a few minutes. But it, it truly is part of the sleep cycle. But sleep difficulties after a traumatic event, as common as they are, I already said it. In fact, almost all trauma survivors experience sleep trouble. Nightmares, middle of the night waking, early morning waking, um, just such great difficulty with sleep. Um, One study said that about three quarters of Vietnam veterans had um, sleep issues, significant and severe sleep issues to the point of the night terrors, nightmares Mm -hmm. that that one gets. And I dare say um, anyone who has been to war um, typically has a much higher incidence of of problems, and in fact, um, those those sleep issues are one of the hallmarks of post traumatic stress disorder, which we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. So, um, tell us a little bit. I know you um, you have maybe a little bit of new information about um, trauma and sleep issues, but in reality, we've known that trauma can disrupt sleep for for many many years right that that's correct dr buttress when we experience a trauma it's a wound to the psyche the same way that our bodies are wounded when assaulted and the wound must heal part of uh traumatic or dreams part of nightmare dreams part of repetitive dreams around the trauma is a sort of way that the psyche is trying to heal itself. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, Intrusive daytime images, repeating nightmares. It's a way of that the psyche is, is trying so hard to integrate what has happened and then put it somewhere in our memory in a way that we can go on. Right. So the value we've we've long known in the medical field that mm-hmm. sleep is very necessary. That's mm-hmm. why we spend so much time and money trying to evaluate sleep and make it better. Mm-hmm. And you know there there is a huge percentage of adults out there who have sleep problems, but also um, upwards of thirty to fifty percent of children have sleep issues. So sleep's important. We know that dreams occur. In um, certain stages of sleep, typically, and in fact, in most normal sleep cycles, our our dream sleep happens during REM, 
that's sort of the fourth stage of sleep. And during that period, we're paralytic. In fact, you know, we just cannot move. Um, That's partly for safety, Mm -hmm. we think. Uh, So in your mind, you're certainly running or jumping or talking or waving your arms. But in reality, your body's still. Now, what happens in um, some of these traumatic dreams, it seems that those dreams occur during a different stage. Mm-hmm. Um, typically in the third stage of sleep, you're not paralyzed at that time, so you can move around. And so there, there are other reasons besides just getting rid of those terrible dreams. But people can be injured during those um traumatic dreams too at times sometimes yes Uh so typically not um you know hopefully your your partner if they're sleeping in bed with you is not um being hit or battered during that period but but there can be sometimes when when the the sleep um the traumatic dreams come not during that Mm -hmm. um that REM sleep so they're not very regenerative either. Um, you were, we were mentioning, mm-hmm. you were talking about how organizing mm-hmm. your dreams, um, organizing your thoughts, working through things, and often that does happen during sleep. We also know that um, in general, typical people, people without trauma, that's sort of the way we we organize our thoughts and memories and people who don't sleep, people who have chronic insomnia and poor sleep tend to have memory problems Mm -hmm. um, because they're not organizing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. as much. So one thing, um, I want to give everyone our number. Um, One thing that um, Karen Bonner, our sleep expert, dream expert um, who is here um, and I talked about before the show is I've had a comment from several people who knew this show was going to happen that they had questions about what about those visits from loved ones who have died um, who have come in and into your dreams and you dream about them sometimes good sometimes bad but what about those why are those happening and I bet some of our listeners out there have some questions about that or any other questions about sleep or dreams, feel free to call. It doesn't have to be traumatic dreams. We'd like to hear from you. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. 672 Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We're talking about dreams. So, um, Karen, tell us a little bit about your thoughts about those visits that we get from loved ones. Absolutely. Uh, it seems like dreams of loved ones who have died become part of the overall grief process. And depending on how that dream manifests, d- depending on how the person shows up, what they say, and more importantly, the feeling tone of the dream can sort of reflect back to you where you are in your own grief process. Mm. Um, It's important to remember that 
when a loved one appears in a dream, on some level, it's symbolic of everything that you've ever gotten from that relationship. There it is summed up in that person appearing in your dream. Hmm. It's a, it, that's a way of thinking about it. And if they show up with reassuring messages or reassuring, not even spoken messages, but just uh, they show up and they they look like themselves and they seem all right, or um, then that might give you a clue that you're all right, you are okay, coming out of the grief of the loss of that loved one. That's an interesting perspective, and I I. I personally have had a dream about my father who I lost and um, it was it was a reassuring dream he came and he said everything was okay so perhaps um, maybe I was feeling like we were going through sort of that um, the stages of grief and getting to that acceptance and everything's okay yes yeah exactly so that's an interesting way to look at it what about um, another question that I had, and I'll just pose this, and then we'll take our first break, and when we come back, we can talk about that, or we can hear from other listeners with questions. One question is, what about reoccurring nightmares when you don't know that anything traumatic really happened? But um, does that mean necessarily that you are suppressing something or can one have reoccurring nightmares that really don't mean anything horrible happened to you? When we get back, we'll talk about that. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Karen Bonner. LPC. We're talking about dreams, trauma, or any other questions about dreams. Give us a call at one eight seven seven MPB ring. That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. We'll be right back. Informative MPB news stories, the local shows you love, up-to-date severe weather info, and a state and worldwide reach telling the story of Mississippi. You're listening to MPB Think Radio. Hey, it's Peter Sagal. Are you resolved to lose a few pounds this year? How about a few thousand pounds through the Public Radio Vehicle Donation Diet? Donate your old car, truck, or RV to support this station and drop a lot of unwanted weight from your garage in a matter of days. And you'll feel great because you're also supporting public radio in the biggest of ways. It's easy, fast, and you may even earn a tax write-off. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org. To listen to stories and shows, go to mpbonline.org. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress here with Karen Bonner. We're talking about dreams, 
Dreams and trauma, dreams and grief are just dreams and what they mean are, are you having reoccurring dreams that are troublesome and you just don't want to have them? Right before the break, I threw out the question, what about those reoccurring bad dreams, nightmares that um, are there and you don't know why? You just don't have an answer for what? My question was, do you have those listeners? Do you have any questions about those dreams and what they might mean or how you can combat them? Maybe you don't care what they mean, but you want to fix them and make them go away. Give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org and we can talk about it. So, so Karen, what do you think about those when you have those bad dreams that just won't go away? Well, I subscribe to the idea that dreams, bad dreams or nightmares come to do exactly what it is they do. And that is wake us up to make us more conscious of something. Now, in my approach to dreams, the content of the dream is in some ways symbolic or metaphorical and rarely to be taken literally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to think about and associate what the content of that dream is, what associations that the dreamer has, what does that content make them think of? But even more importantly, again, is the feeling tone of the dream. What is that? And what is that pointing to in our waking life? The recurrence of these kinds of dreams indicates that we hadn't got it yet. We haven't heard what the unconscious is trying to bring to our attention. So here it comes again, maybe in a slightly different form. Um, But the uh, general content of the dream is the same over and over again. And the general feeling tone is the same. Right. um, That comes up. If it's an anxiety about a family member or about a work issue or the dream will provide clues as to what's going on, what might be you know, what it's pointing to. So maybe there's some stressor out there that you haven't resolved. I know that I don't have this anymore, maybe because I'm not as stressed as I used to be. But I I used to have, um, and I've talked to other people who have this, the reoccurring dream of um, getting to exams mm-hmm. and not having been to that class and you don't know where the class is and you can't find the class and you can't get to the test to take the test because you can't find the class classroom or um, something like that. Yes. And, you know, mine was always algebra for whatever <laughs> reason. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I think that it was pretty clear to me that the more anxious I was, mm-hmm. the more likely I was going to have that dream. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if other listeners out there um, have had dreams such as that, mm-hmm. the one where you can't catch the train mm-hmm. or the one where you're swinging and you fall, but you wake up before you fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so would like to hear from others if they have any thoughts about that. Um, they can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464 and tell us about what's going on in your life if you have had that or if you're presently having uh, sleep problems. It does seem 
that many times those um, dreams are made worse by individuals who have other um, sleep issues like sleep disordered breathing mm-hmm. or sleep apnea mm-hmm. or other disrupted sleep many times. Um, so it may be that individuals who are having terrible um, dreams and disrupted sleep, maybe a sleep um, evaluation, sleep disorder evaluation? That would be the first order of business is to make sure that um, that you're sleeping well, that you're relatively healthy, that there's nothing going on in the body. Right. That, that would certainly be the first order of business. Right. So you want to go to your primary care mm-hmm. provider, get mm-hmm. checked out. If um, there is some suspicion of sleep disorder, breathing, sleep apnea, certainly that needs to be evaluated and treated mm-hmm. um, before you try to cure your dreams with other mm-hmm. with other issues. So let's go on to our first caller. We have um, Rick in Grand Bay about lucid dreaming. Good morning, Rick. Thanks for calling. Good morning. I uh, dream in color. Okay. Uh, I have the abil- I have ability to, I guess you'd call it lucid dream. I've, 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 I usually use it for, to resolve problems during the day. I uh, focus on what, what went on kind of when, you know, while I'm going into my you know, getting into, you know, relaxing and going to sleep. And I can actually do things. I can't manipulate the other side. Most of my dreams are first person. Sometimes they're second. And if I don't have a lucid dream that night, it winds up being a nightmare, but not related to what went on during the day that I'm trying to resolve or whatever. And uh, it's, it is always third person. And uh, I also suffer from sleep apnea. Wow. Rick, you've got a lot going on, and congratulations for being a lucid dreamer. Um, you you said you solve a lot of problems that way. Right. I work on them, you know? Yeah. What, what, what was the scenarios that I, I run down scenarios, and what should I have done to, to make the outcome to be different? That's interesting. So, Rick, this is Dr. Susan. I have a question to you. Uh-huh. Do you do you find that when you're trying to go to sleep and solve these issues um, in your head that it's harder for you to sleep settle? Gosh, I try hard to put everything out of my head. So, <laughs> I'm, not really. Not no? really. I got. I have COPD, and I, I become a van. I call it a vampire. My days become nights, and when I when I do sleep. It's more of a crash rather than a, a falling asleep. But I, I do have an ability to get to that point where I know I need to sleep and I have a, a relaxation before I do sleep. You know what I mean? It's not like I just nod out, mm. you know, but I do realize that I need to sleep. So I so I lay down and I, I usually, uh, I got MPB, I MPB on the radio all the time because mm-hmm. so, I have a, a tinnitus. I got to get rid of that buzzing sound, so I yeah. have a bit of noise in the background. Rick, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Sure. Have you been a lucid dreamer all of your life? No, I have not. Oh, when did it start? Um, I began practicing it probably when I was a teenager. I did a lot of it. I was exiled with two life sentences running executive in prison, so I escaped every night. You know what I mean? Fascinating. That's, that's when I. That's when I used to really started intensively working on lucid dreaming 
I've heard uh, some stories about wasn't it? Uh, 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 what was his name? Uh, June or Jung? Carl Carl Jung thought that it was a uh, an actual trans. Uh, uh, you know, some kind of uh, projection, astral mm-hmm. projection. You know. So that's Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Karen, will you comment on that for us? That's that is fascinating. I what I know about lucid dreaming is that for some people it can be cultivated, as you did, Rick. For some people, it's very natural. They just they are just able to sort of wake up within their dream, and then they decide kind of what they're going to do in the dream instead of having the dream kind of due to them. On the other hand, it's also true that even if you are choosing your action in a dream, the dream will always answer. The dream will always answer. In other words, the dream is never completely in the control of the ego or the I state. But it is um, something that is cultivated in other cultures as a uh, as a spiritual practice or as a problem-solving uh, approach. It, it's very, very interesting and glad that you've been able to use it to your benefit, Rick. That's terrific. So I do have a comment, though, back to Rick on um, the the COPD and the sleep apnea and the sleep issues. Rick, I hope you are having that treated appropriately uh, because that is so terrible for you. We know that adults in general need about eight hours of sleep. Um, as you get older, sometimes it's a little more fragmented and people over 50 sometimes don't get eight in a row. But it's really important to try to, hard to make sure that you're getting seven or eight hours of sleep. If you haven't had a good evaluation, make sure that's done. And that's for all of our listeners out there. Thanks for your call, Rick. Thanks for listening. Uh, let's go next to Sarah in Starkville. Sarah, you have precognitive dreams or some thoughts about that? Yes, I, from time to time I have had dreams like this, and uh, uh, I just wanted to hear more of a discussion on, on that. If anyone else uh, has uh, things that that you dreamed about and then it seemed to occur a few days later or sometime later. Sure, Sarah. Hi there. Um, so... <laughs> Here's one explanation of precognitive dreams. This is one explanation, maybe not the only explanation. We, during our days, we take in so much information through our five senses. And only a fraction of that information actually goes through our consciousness. That is that we're pay- we're actually paying attention to what's coming in. There's a lot of information coming in to us that uh, goes th- goes into our memory, but we didn't consciously pay attention to it. And our un- unconscious mind is so brilliant that it puts together pieces of information throughout the day and then in sleep, trying to sort out what has been learned and experienced and felt emotionally all through the day. We put all those things together and often that gets presented to us in dreams. In other words, lots of information comes together. Unconscious puts di- puts different facts and associations together, offers it in a dream as if to say, here's what may happen. Here's a possibility. So you're sorting it out. You're sorting it right. out, and the dream presents, and this is a possibility. And lo and behold, three days later, that's exactly what happened. It's... Uh, it's it's not necessarily anything um, 
extrasensory. It's simply how really smart the other layers of our mind is to put information together and offer us a possibility. So that's one way of thinking about it. And I hear about precognitive dreams often, all the time. Um, And so there's, you know, our dreams are certainly worth paying attention to, but remembering that this is only a possibility. Let's see what happens. Let's see if this is how it's going to unfold. Good. Good explanation. And and if it's something that's negative, perhaps you you become aware of what could happen and so you're you you approach things maybe in a more safe manner or in a more protective manner mm-hmm. um so again you're saying not not so much predictive as just an assimilation of thoughts and experiences mm-hmm. that may lead you down a path mm-hmm. yeah well let's go to one more caller before our next break we have gil in memphis tennessee good morning gil thanks for listening Good morning. You have uh, some. I just acquired. A, yes, I have a question. I have just yeah. acquired a job um, recently where I'm working from three to eleven p.m. And when I come home in the evening, I cannot go to sleep immediately. It's usually about one thirty, two o'clock when I go to sleep. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I have to get up around about six thirty, seven o'clock in the morning to take my kid to school. And I've just gotten into the habit now of getting about four or five hours of sleep a day. In a way, I can go to sleep earlier. That's that's. I guess that's my problem. Karen, you have some thoughts about that. So, so you get off at eleven, and then how? Get, get yeah. home around about eleven thirty, quarter to twelve. That's by the time I get home. Yeah. Okay, and then, and then when you get home, what happens? Well, it's like a wind down. You know, I it, it, I can't go to sleep immediately. Mm-hmm. It's usually about one thirty, two o'clock by the time I go. Mm-hmm. So, I even try going, just getting in the bed, hoping that I'll fall asleep, and it, it doesn't happen. Here's a couple, here's a few suggestions. First of all, all screens are disrupting our sleep. In other words, if you can refrain from your looking at your phone, looking at the television or a tablet or anything that has a backlit screen, um, mm-hmm. at, as soon as you get home, that those are those are done. Try not okay. to watch television or or scroll your phone or anything like that. That backlighting coming from those screens is terribly disruptive to us. You can, yes, you can um, read, but let it be print. You know, you can read, you can look at a magazine, let it be print. If you need some noise, let it be the radio, let it be music, but not the television. Yeah, nice background music, Mm -hmm. something soft, not nothing that's going to rile you up. Right, right. Yeah. Also, Try to keep the lights dim. In other words, when you walk in your home at 1130 at night, if you can refrain from turning on fluorescence, if you can only kind of keep it dim, lamp light, um, that, that might help because that begins to signal your brain that it is nighttime, that it is time to begin going to sleep. Light seems to be a really important issue in sleep and sleep disruption. Make sure that when you do go to bed that the room is as dark as you can get it. And that includes 
any of those little teeny tiny LED lights that might be on an appliance or something like that. If you've got a right. um, a clock, for instance, that that uses LED lights beside your bed, consider getting something else. By all means, plug the phone in in the kitchen, not by your bed. Take the phone away. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so all of those start to, you know, signal the brain that it's time to start shutting down. Um, mm-hmm. If you can turn off the lights, dim the house lights, th- those sorts of things, and then go on about your wind-down routine, you might want to cut a few things out of your wind-down routine. Right. Um, uh, Great suggestions. And I have um, another additional one because I was just counting, Gail, even if you go to sleep um, after you get home, an hour after you get there. So you're home at 1230 and you're getting up at 630. You're still not getting quite enough sleep. So I would suggest that you think about a nap. Um, Naps happen in other countries all the time. Um, I know uh, my daughter is an ER physician and she often often will um, come home and nap before she has an evening shift just to make sure that she's not sleep deprived and and is really hyper alert and ready to go. So I would encourage you to do that. Um, Some people, some physicians recommend um, a short burst of melatonin, which is a naturally occurring hormone that goes up with darkness and down with daylight. Um, And you can try that, but it's recommended only for a short period of time. It's an um, over-the-counter that you can try. But I always better to try to go the natural way and do all the recommendations that Karen had. So, okay, well, thanks very much. Thanks for your call. Good luck, Gail. Hope that helps. Um, this is Relatively Speaking. We're talking about dreams, trauma and dreams, or just dreams or sleep in general. Um, we're here with Karen Bonner. Give us a call if you have some questions or thoughts or suggestions at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. When we get back, we have an email and we're, we have open lines for callers. We'll be right back. From the Capitol steps to your front door, MPB News covers the state like no one else. Our team of award-winning journalists keeps you informed on the news affecting your life. MPB News, online at mpbonline.org and on MPB Think Radio. After last year's criticism of Oscars So White, there have been many remarkable films by and about people of color, including Moonlight and Fences. Yes, sir. You eat every day. Yes, sir. Got a roof over your head. Yes, sir. Got clothes on your back. Yes, sir. Why do you think that is? Because of you? Hell, I know it's because of me, but why do you think that is? How will they do at the Academy Awards? We'll look at the Oscar nominations later on All Things Considered from NPR News. Today at 4 on NPB Think Radio can trust in radio built around you. Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Relatively Speaking on MPB Think Radio. To take part in today's show with your questions or comments, 
Call 877-MPB-RING. That's 1-877-672-7464. Or you can email the show, family at mpbonline.org. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. Thanks for listening. We're talking about trauma and dreams today, or dreams in general, sleep issues. Are you not getting good sleep? And why is that? Do you find that you're having disruptive dreams? Do you want to try to fix that? We have an expert here, Karen Bonner, who is an LPC and we've had several good questions. We have a couple of emails I'd like to get to. Um, one is from Rita, and it goes like this. I have dreams about being attacked or running away from an attacker. In the dream, whenever I try to defend myself with my hands or gun, my body or my weapon locks up in the dream, and I'm, I am unable to defend myself. Then I wake up afraid and in a fearful state of mind. What can I do? Rita, that is a tough dream. I'm so sorry that you're having that. And it's it's so um, terrifying to feel like that there's nothing that you can do when you're in that dream state and then wake up with heart pounding and breathing hard. Here's a couple of things that you might try. If you can do this, you can suggest to yourself before going to sleep that if I have that dream again, I am going to ask, I'm going to turn and face the attacker and ask them what they want. Ask them what they want. Now, that is not always easy to do in dreams. It kind of harkens back to Rick with his lucid dreams. If that's not possible, here's a second suggestion. When you can get quiet and you have time, consider writing the dream in the present tense just as if you are having it. So write it down in the present tense with as much detail as you can, just as if you are having that dream, and then give the dream a new ending. Rewrite the ending. And because it's a dream, Rita, you can call in superpowers if you need them. You can summon up. yeah, Yeah, you can summon up any kind of help that you need. But even in doing that, sort of weave into that new ending, once again, asking what that attacker wants. What does that attacker want? Because often these kinds of uh, chasing dreams, pursuit dreams, attacking dreams, uh, again, are symbolic of something trying to come to consciousness for you, something that's trying to come to consciousness. And so... It's better if you know what it is that's trying to come to consciousness. And often, if you are willing to face that, the attacker changes. The whole tone of the dream changes to something much more benign and perhaps even helpful. Great suggestions. And and actually, Karen, um, is that similar to what image reversal therapy is when people are trying to who have post-traumatic stress disorder Mm -hmm. and those horrible nightmares are reliving that you empower yourself as you're talking about? Precisely. Yeah. Uh, 
it's a it, it's a way to approach the troubling images rather than resisting them mm-hmm. and that kind of work really has to be done with a with a good therapist mm-hmm. that knows mm-hmm. how to do that type of work so um but with with a recurring nightmare like Rita reported mm-hmm. to give this a try first and if something really troubling comes up consider talking with someone about it yeah yeah if it if it is something that doesn't go away mm-hmm. always seek the help of mm-hmm. a counselor because this can be this is terrible for your body you get that old fight or flight phenomena heart rate up blood pressure up um and then you can't settle back to sleep so um need help if that's continuing we're talking about trauma dreams nightmares um dream sleep and what what it means if anything i'm here i'm dr susan buttress here with karen bonner this is relatively speaking and we want to hear from you and your thoughts and what's going on in your life give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring that's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, or you can send us an email to family at mpb online.org we have a couple of other emails um let's go through those um i Almost never have nightmares, but I always dream in ways about things going on in my life. Not always happy stuff, but as we go through trials or stress, um, knowing that my dreams are mostly about what's going on in my life, can I positively affect that? Affect the dream? I guess that's what that means. Can I positively affect the dreams? Uh, again, the the use of of the suggestion that I gave to Rita mm-hmm. a few moments I like ago that. Um, is one possibility. Here's another suggestion: choose an image from one of those dreams. Ch- choose an image that's compelling, um, that's attractive to you, or perhaps the most troubling image, and make a representation of it. Draw it, or make it, or find that image. Maybe. Uh, on the internet, print it out and keep it near you for a while and see what else comes up as far as associations around that. It's really effective, though, to make the image yourself. Mm-hmm. If you can draw it, even even any kind of representation of it, it doesn't have to be artistic. But the act of responding to an image often will suggest its own positive response. Mm-hmm. More empowering yourself, yeah. Well, let's go back to the phone lines. We have several callers. We'll go first to Beverly in Biloxi. Beverly, you have some questions about stress and sleep. If you seem to be dreaming a lot when you're trying to go to sleep, you can't seem to block things out of your mind. You go from one thing to another and to another, and then it just erupts into where you can't sleep. Any tricks, I've tried breathing, focusing, you know, stuff like that, and it seems like I'm still constantly thinking about all the stress factors I have. I've got a couple of suggestions um, for you. I've got my pen ready. Okay. (laughs) So the first thing, my my first suggestion is, is that whatever you find yourself ruminating about or thinking about over and over and over again, you make a list of that. You just make a I'm list sorry, of make a list of those okay. of those issues 
Just make a nice list of them. Set the list by your bedside. And when your mind goes back around to those, then you simply say to yourself, and you have to practice at this now, simply say to yourself, that's on the list. I'll have to take care of that tomorrow. And then remind yourself that no matter how much you ruminate about that in the middle of the night, it's not going to help it. So you, you begin to, that's on the list, that's for tomorrow. Now, here's a trick that I have discovered that has really helped me, and I'm a ruminator from way back. <laughs> Go to the movies. That is, think of your favorite movie and see if you can remember a scene in the movie and pick up the movie and just go to the movie. And oddly enough, Meet Me in St. Louis works for me. (laughs) Interesting. It's it's an old movie, but Mm -hmm. it's very colorful. It's a very happy. It's a musical. It's got Judy Garland in it. How can you beat it? And I just start that movie in my head and I go to the movies. And before I know it, I'm asleep. Okay, I can certainly try that. So a lot of that sounds like um, mindfulness therapy, the first part of what you were talking about, where you say, I'm here, I'm now, I can do this, I cannot do that. Mm-hmm. And to, to place yourself and set yourself is is a great thing. And I'm a huge journaler. So don't forget that, Beverly, about the, the journaling things. Often that can the be journaling? very helpful. Yeah, to, to write down those things. I've just never been a journal. Never been a journaler. <laughs> well, the list. Yeah, you know. just a list. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. The it, list I can do. Yeah. I just don't know if I could sit down and journal per se. It's just a lot of different factions in my life are mm-hmm. really very interfering with my life. And it's, I, I can't sleep, you know, two or three o'clock yeah. in the morning. The oh, that's hard. Exhausted and pass out mm-hmm. and then got to get up at seven. And it's, it, most of the things are things that I cannot control. There it but is. Yeah, you put it, put it on the list and you, you know, you remind yourself, I can't control that. And I sure can't control it right here at one o'clock in the morning. Hormones have something to do with this. Yes, ma'am. In the past, I have always been able Mm -hmm. to to, To sleep away until I can deal with it. Absolutely. I'm approaching 70 and I'm thinking, oh, my God, what is this? Absolutely. Uh, from a medical standpoint, um, hormones definitely can affect sleep. It um, often does. And like we said at the beginning of the show, people over 50 typically have shortened sleep. Make sure you're getting enough um, exercise and make sure you're staying away from caffeine in the evening also to help with that. And then do those tricks of the list that Karen had to say. Hopefully that'll be helpful to you. Thank you for your call. Let's go next to Ken. Ken is on the road. Good morning, Ken. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Thank you. I was astonished to hear you perfectly, accurately, succinctly describe my dream about the class that I took. Never been there. <laughs> uh, at the end of the end of the semester, I know that I could take it if I knew where it was and what materials needed to be read. But it, it ha- you know, it happens. Yeah. Um, so, t- so I wanted to hear your analysis, your you know, your salient analysis of that. Because you described it perfectly. <laughs> so, Ken, what class did you miss? Um, Dr. Buttress missed algebra. What did what class? No, no that, that's funny. I uh, all through my university career, both undergraduate and graduate, I made one B. I didn't miss any classes. 
Ah. And I'm, I'm just retired at 62 from a very successful career, but mm-hmm. this comes up from time to time. So in the dream, in the dream yeah. of missing class, do you, do you know what class you've missed or, or what? No, you're... no, I don't even, I don't even, I know, well, um, yeah, one of them was, uh, was a literature class. Mm. And I, you know, I signed up for it in the middle of the semester, or the beginning of the semester. Everything is perfect, but it's past the drop date. And I don't know where it's held, and I don't know, you know, and it's almost exam time. Uh huh. Yeah. And what what was what is your what is your vocat what did, what do you do for a living now? Um, I was a I, I was I, I assisted in uh, I was a senior principal rep for a company that put in pacemakers, defibrillators, heart failure. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so undergraduate degree was Russian language and literature. Oh wow. Okay. So uh, one uh, idea about this is whenever our dreams take us back to school. Yeah. Uh, we're being asked to go back and pick up the undeveloped side of life. Ah. ah. And so if if you had an early interest in li- in literature and then went off into the science field, then yeah. it might be a call to balance yourself again. That's fascinating. Okay. It's interesting. I I do know that that my reoccurring dream that I talked about with the algebra class, I I never miss classes. But that reoccurring dream um happened when I was more stressed and I think just mm-hmm. sort of putting me back in a place of stress. Mm-hmm. So, I don't well, know. Well, algebra is very logic based. Mm-hmm. And so if you're called to apply logic to your waking life situation ah, that might have something to do with it i don't know it direction was, yeah. it was your dream <laughs> <laughs> okay jay can we go to the next caller we can i wanted to say though i have something that's kind of similar it's very interesting i in high school let's say i was uh, not very uh, focused and I, I, I scammed myself out of a lot of potential future with how i you know, treated uh, my responsibilities at that time in my life. And I occasionally, but often have a dream about me being back in high school, but in my mm-hmm. current age, cause I always wish, you know, I wish I could go back and right. redo that and do it the right way and do what I need to do. But, uh, I often have dreams that I am back in high school, but I am my current age somehow or another. I don't know how that works. You're reliving that work. that. It's weird, but yeah. I'm always, Back in high school, so maybe going back to to do those things, being called, huh? Yeah, I guess so. Interesting. <laughs> um, let's go next to Miriam in Canton. Good morning, Miriam. Good morning. You had um, a comment about the last caller. I have a couple of comments. On one is with the lady who um, with can't couldn't sleep with everything going through her mind, and you mentioned journaling. Um, when I went through a period like that in my life, I kept a notebook. This is just a suggestion for her that would be right under my bed. And when I would wake up, I would just write down what I was thinking about, and it helped get it off my mind so that I could go back to sleep. Um, that's an so, excellent suggestion. That is that is excellent. That's a that's a good um, way to get things off your mind and down on paper, and then you can close the journal. And go back to sleep. Right. And, and it, it, it really did work. Um, the, the next comment is the caller that you just had who had the reoccurring dream. I have the reoccurring dream of um, I've got to take this final exam. I, I've, met, I've missed the, all of the classes. I don't know anything about it. 
I don't know what to do, and I'm in a terrible panic. And I know that it does occur when I'm stressed out. You know, I know it's a stress dream, um, but it's that same crazy reoccurring dream that I didn't go to the classes, and um, I've got to take this phone when I'm going to face Some of that also is um, when we're in a stress situation, we are literally feeling quite tested, like we're mm-hmm. we're undergoing tests and exams, and we're being examined in our waking life by our supervisors or our family members or things like that. And so it shows up as the panic around being tested. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for your call, Miriam. It sounds like many of us have the same similar dreams. Let's. We have time for one more caller. We will go to Judy and Natchez. Judy, you have some thoughts about dreams. Judy, are you there? Hello, Judy. Hello. There you are. Hey, Judy. You have some comments about dreams. Okay, she called me Judy, but I was Dee Dee from that. Oh, oh Dee Dee. Okay. okay, sorry about that. There was a um, a reoccurring dream I had about my mom and dad. My mom passed nine years after my father, and I thought about her more than I thought about him. And they were in a like a ski lift going across an ocean. I can't swim. I was sitting between the two of them, and lo and behold, they pushed me out of the ski lift, and I went plummeting to the water at the bottom. And I think, actually, I found out that they were trying to tell me, go ahead, swim. You're okay. We're okay. <laughs> now, stop <laughs> thinking about us all the time. Wow. That is brilliant. Well yeah. done. One more I want to share with you. My daughter, who dreams quite a bit, she kept dreaming about this wedding, and she was in it. And as she approached the church, she comes down the aisle, and she gets halfway, and it starts over. Mm-hmm. It gets halfway and it starts over. Finally, she figured it out when the young lady who she's supposed to have been the bridesmaid to, the wedding didn't occur. That's why she didn't get anywhere near halfway to church. Oh, (laughs) so her dream was giving her the heads up about that. Right, so she didn't have to participate in that because the wedding didn't occur. Wow, fantastic. Yes, ma'am. You're a good dreamer, Dee Dee. Interesting dreams. You know, Judy, you you interpreted that dream in such with your parents there in such a positive way. Um, what a what a wonderful thing that you were able to move it into something like that. That's great. Gosh, uh, thanks for your call, and I want to thank all our listeners um, and our callers uh, for calling in and participating in this. This has been, uh, I think, a a really interesting uh, conversation. Thanks so much, Karen, for your your expertise and help, as usual. Enjoyed having you here. Thank any, you. Any parting comments in just a few seconds? Well, always start writing them down. Write your dreams down. Let's see what they have to say. Sounds good. Um, thanks, everybody. Today's show was engineered by Jay White, our producer, and our call screener, none other than Sharita Britt. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. I hope you will join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking, and I want you to stay tuned now for NPR's Here and Now, coming up next on MPB Think Radio.
forecast is underwritten by Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy. Live blue. It's good to be blue. More at bcbsms.com. So the only winds on the western side of this ridge of high pressure will keep our temperatures across the mid